Welcome to the Women Who Code podcast. Otherwise, it's easy to feel lost and, you know, it's like, oh, I'm not doing this anymore and give up. I know so many people who've given up uh, because they couldn't see, they didn't have this vision. They're like, oh, no, okay, maybe security is not a big deal. Maybe we might not have that many openings in security. Uh, They might not pick me. Why would they pick somebody in India? All of the expertise is in the U.S., all sorts of doubts. Women Who Code Talks Tech is a segment that features experts in a specific field of technology sharing their knowledge on an in-depth and highly technical subject. Today we have with us Ms. Ashwini Siddhi. Ashwini is an expert in in uh, app security and she specializes in security architecture and design and supply chain security strategy, uh, privacy by design and zero trust architecture. Uh, And in Dell Technologies, she provides leadership for secure design review and threat modeling services. And she actively contributes to uh, security forums and is a big advocate for diversity and inclusion. Also on a side note, uh, Ashwini has recently published a paper on threat modeling, which I believe we will be talking more about it in today's session. Uh, She's a champion in leading the efforts for more women representation in uh, the cybersecurity field. Uh, I extend a very warm welcome to you on behalf of Women Who Code, uh, and we are really elated to have you with us today to share your knowledge and experience. Uh, Without much ado, uh, Ashwini, I welcome you to take on the floor. Thank you, Shruti. And this is really a great initiative, right? It really sounds like fun because you're having so many different series and interview-ready series. So it's practical and it's also valuable to participants. So I think it's a great initiative. Right. Yes. Yeah. All right. So I think I will start sharing my screen. So this is nothing boring. So I hope you you don't have to worry about it being boring. All right. Um, so um Uh, This is about my journey in general and what led me to be here, right? Be in my current position as to what led me uh, to be the threat modeling service owner for Dell Technologies. That's what we're going to talk about. It's been a long journey. Um, It's it's, um, not been easy. Uh, It's not as... um, easy as it is now. When I say it's easy, uh, people tend to reach... Uh, roles much sooner than it was before. So you'll understand when we talk about it, what it has been like. Um, So I'm pretty much excited to be here. Um, And I, you know, I an advocate for women who code, women in technology, women in cybersecurity, all of these things. Um, It really makes me proud to see women go out of uh, um, the, you know, the boundaries that people have defined for them and do something beyond that, especially in technology and even otherwise, right? So it really makes me proud and really happy to see all of that. And it really um, enthusiasts me, right? So that's what uh, motivates me to keep doing uh, more things so that it's just not me and it's also inspiring other folks, et cetera. So yeah, so I do all things threat modeling um, for Dell. And uh, I'm excited to be here and uh, uh, hear about women who code and also uh, present something about my journey here. I think it's very, uh, it's a privilege and it's an honor to be here and talk about my journey here. So not long, long ago, right? 
in early 2000s, that is, it's about like 2006, etc. Um, I started off my journey in the IT industry. Don't ask me why I wanted to join the IT industry. I wasn't sure. Everybody was joining the IT industry. So I thought that's the natural thing to do and just get into an IT company. And uh, at least I come from Bangalore and uh, Infosys and Wipro was like a really, really big deal. You could say you're from Intel, you could say you're from Texas Instruments, nobody would know. But if you said like you're from Infosys, people would be like, oh, wow, that's so awesome, right? So that's so I had this um, aim of uh, wanting to join Infi, uh, Infosys, and it's been my childhood dream since ninth standard that I wanted to get into Infosys. What I would do after getting into Infosys, don't ask me. I had zero idea. I had absolutely no idea what happens in a development team, what happens in a software company, what is a services company or a product company. I had zero idea. I just went with dreams in my eyes and, and uh, started off my IT journey. Um, very excited. I did my Infosys training and software. Uh, it was for about six months. It was a long-term training because I'm an electronics um, engineer. And after which, right, I was posted to a, a business unit, uh, which uh, was mostly dealing with telecommunication protocols, um, all of these, your layer two and layer three protocols, because it was for switches and routers. Technology-wise, it sounded great. It was amazing because I was an electronic student. It means I had studied networks and communications. So it aligned with what I had studied uh, and I could relate to it. And I was very happy to be there, right? I, I was like, okay, I got into the right team and all of that. So I started off um, uh, my journey as a developer after my training. Um, so this is what I call as the SDLC wanderer phase here. Right? So I didn't know what I was doing. I was just happy to start doing something, be on the floor, uh, look at seniors. And they were like, you know, so busy doing random stuff not random, uh, talking serious stuff. And so it was pretty exciting. Um, so I was really happy to be there. So I thought, okay, let me be a developer and started writing code. Honestly, after a month or so, I was like, okay, I can't do this, <laughs> right? Because uh, not to say that development is bad, but I realized it's not something that I can do for the rest of my life, right? I cannot wake up every morning and say, hey, I'm excited to go this, or do this uh, uh, today at work. So it, it was not something that I really looked forward to. Yeah, so it, it was not something that you really look forward to, right? Because what happened back then at least was, uh, it's not that you were writing something new on your own. It was not some, like you were designing a product all by yourself and writing the code, nothing of that sort, right? Somebody had already written lines of code in C or at the max C++ and you, all you had to do is add to it. It was certainly not exciting for me and I was like bored of it, right? And then I went and spoke to my manager and said, I can't do this. She was kind to me and she said, okay, let's uh, put you in the testing team, in the same team, right? Because she was not ready to let go of me to a different team. So I joined the testing team. Um, when I joined the testing team, I was happy to break stuff, right? It means write test cases, especially the negative test cases, uh, to see how things can go wrong in terms of functionality. So it was exciting in the sense that, you know, I didn't have to go back home and while sleeping think which semicolon did I miss? Why is my code not working? So it, it was not that, but it was like just about being creative and trying to break things. So I enjoyed it for some time, but again, right? It was not something that, I really could envision doing for years together, right? Something where I would innovate, et cetera. 
So while I was an SDLC wanderer, like the software development lifecycle wanderer, right? Learning how to code, understanding how the development team works, and also writing test cases, etc. I was also actively looking for options as to what I could do. What 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 would that interest me, right? I mean, every which doesn't seem like a chore, which doesn't seem like a job where I'm forced to do. So luckily for me, fortunately, I like to read a lot, right? And this reading translated from reading books to reading a lot of articles online. And while I was looking up the net, I found that uh, OWASP uh, Top 10 was released for the first time in 2003, right? So that, that sounded exciting, but this was around 2006, seven already. Uh, so not many people were talking about it, but there was an article um, on readif.com that too, because there was a cross-site scripting that was reported. I'm not sure where and which product it was reported, but it was something new that uh, not many people were talking about. It sounded really exciting to me. Uh, I thought, why can't I be doing something like this, right? And I went up and looked OWASP top 10 2003. It looked amazing, right? I mean, all of those different uh, um issues that it was talking about. I was like, wow, we never, we don't do anything of this sort at work. And uh, also fortunately for me, I like to keep in touch with people and talk a lot to people. So I have had and have a good network touch with. So I was talking to one of my friends over lunch that, you know, if, if I wish Infosys did something like this, it would be really good to be part of this team. And one thing led to another thing and I realized I got to know that there was a team that did something like this but it was like a really small team of like about 10 people not more than that and all of them were guys all right so I went and spoke uh, to the manager said that I really want to uh, be part of your team he said yeah somebody who's coming with um, SDLC background who understands what a development team does uh, is of great value so if you can clear the interview rounds then you know you you're sure sure to be on the team. So that's where my learner mode got activated, right? I was like a self-learned uh, security person, right? So I started um, reading up OWASP top 10 first and then installed WebPort um, and tried to uh, replicate what was spoken about in OWASP top 10. Reading and understanding OWASP top 10 is one thing, but actually to replicate it and ensure that you're getting results in real, um, it's, it's another thing, right? Because we didn't have many apps like the vulnerable apps that you have all over the net these days, right? So you had to work with the uh, minimal um, resources that you had. And also you had nobody to really guide you. So it was just me trying my hands on all of that, all the while doing my regular day job, right? And eventually I understood the concepts at a very basic level. I'm not saying I was a pro or anything. And I went and gave my interview and thankfully I cleared it. And I'm really grateful for that opportunity in Infosys. And I was put on the team um, for uh, application security and called also called as AppSec. Here it was, right? I mean, people, the 10 guys that have been there have been there from a really long time and they have like a, a special bonding already. They go for coffee together. They do everything together. So I was like an outsider who didn't look or fit into the role of a security person who could understand how to break into something or who could be smart enough to apply her mind like that, right? So I was mostly kept out of all of these social events and interactions, etc. So the best work uh, went to them. Anything that was left over came to me. Anything that people were not ready to pick up, 
right? It meant that it was not just application security. It could also be network security. But I, I didn't give a damn because I was learning. I was happy. There was something fun to do. So I was taking up whatever came by way, even if it, even if it didn't fit the clear application security journey or the roadmap, right? So I started with pen testing because I had learned OS top 10, how to use uh, web code, all of that. I started with pen testing. And then I started doing uh, source code uh, reviews. Uh, Fortify was the big thing then, and explaining it to the application team and telling them what you know how things are done, all of that. And uh, then I started doing uh, VAPT, uh, use Nessus to understand what services ports are open, why they shouldn't be open, and explain it to the development team. So I had started doing pen testing. I started doing source code analysis reviews, I had started doing VAPT, Nessus, and all of that. So it's mostly covered um, SDL, right? The secure development lifecycle. So I've been exploring different areas. So if you see, most people just stick to pen testing. They, they wouldn't want to do source code analysis review because they're like, oh no, that's not my cup of tea. It's not, it's not like the cool or glamorous thing to do, right? Uh, so yeah, so that's about it. I just picked it up and I continued to do it. And there was also times when I went to these data centers for network security to install gateways, to install firewalls, these big, huge machines, which I couldn't, appliances, which I couldn't carry. Um, and freezing, right? I mean, you had to wear layers of sweaters and be in the data center and configure them, antiviruses, uh, malware solutions, data loss prevention solutions. So I've had hands-on experience in network security also. So I was an explorer trying and understanding and learning everything uh, across AppSec and outside of AppSec, right? So that is what gave me the breadth of my uh, expertise is what I would like to think. And one fine day, uh, fortunately, the RBI, right, Reserve Bank of India came out uh, with guidelines for all banking systems saying that, uh, you know, existing ways of working will not do your core banking systems. That is your software that your bankers use, not what we use as end users. The uh, software that the bankers use have to go through certain processes have to be securely designed and developed, need to have OTP. That's when um, uh, two-factor authentication, that's when the first um, concept of two-factor authentication for banking, for code banking was spoken about in India. So it was a new and a niche area. Nobody really knew if it will stick on, uh, if it will really continue to be so because it was so complicated. We didn't have the right vendors um, who could scale up uh, to this, at least at, at, in India, right? Um, and I was part of the project, right? I was to lead this multi-factor authentication for core banking system. And that started my security architecture journey. Uh, until then, at least for core banking systems, and the systems that we worked with, there was no security architect per se. So that was like a trailblazer thing for me. And uh, that really started my journey in security. Everything else that happened before, right? SDL Explorer, learning about VAPT, source code analysis, pen testing, all of that was just my learning journey, right? So that is what led me to where I am currently. And, and I look back and don't think about it as like, oh my God, it's been so long. I spent seven 
eight years just trying to reach where I am. No, right? Each thing, each process phase that I went through somehow added uh, to my current journey. It gave me skills about that could add to where I am. Especially, right? I mean, the fact that I'm, uh, I went with dreams, right? I kept an open mind and went with dreams enforces the fact that positivity really matters. You need to keep an open mind. You need to know that, okay, something good will come out of this. You need to have that faith in yourself and then move forward, right? So that's what my um, just out of college phase taught me that attitude really matters. Um, things get challenging as in when you grow up, but uh, I think it's important to go back to those days and remember how um, that attitude made a difference. So that positivity really helped me. And the fact that I've spent some, at least about a year or so with a development team, made me understand how a development team works, what happens in there, right? I mean, I was building forms for the UI. I was writing lines of code. I was writing test cases. So when I um, define a process now as a threat modeling service owner, I know how it is going to be taken in a development team. I know what are the challenges that they face. I know they've also moved, uh, right? They've changed from a waterfall model to agile and all of that, but I still can make that uh, mapping and understand how are these security processes going to impact development teams, right? So it, it makes me more empathetic and my solutions are more um, dev friendly, right? So that is the bit that spending time uh, in a development team gave me. And being a seeker, Right. If you're stuck with something, if you have vision, if you can see long term and envision what is that you want it to look like for yourself or for the solution that you're implementing, I think it really helps. Right. So that phase really gave me ability uh, to see long term and plan uh, and structure your activities. Right. It's not a quick jump. Right, it is a structured, uh, phased approach, like a roadmap uh, that you'll have to put in. So here, I was first looking, then I was learning, and then I gave an interview, and then again, I was still learning. Uh, it, obviously, at a much deeper level. So it is like a multi-year roadmap, and you need to have that vision. Okay, I know where I'm going to end up with this. Otherwise, you, it's easy to feel lost, and you know, it's like, oh, I'm not doing this anymore, and give up. I know so many people who've given up. Uh, because they couldn't see, they didn't have this vision. They're like, oh no, okay, maybe security is not a big deal. Maybe we might not have that many openings in security. Uh, they might not pick me. Why would they pick somebody in India? Uh, all of the expertise is in the US, all sorts of doubts, right? So if you don't have that vision, um, I think it's, it's, it's sort of pulls you back. Uh, that phase really gave me ability to plan long-term, not just for myself, but anything that I work with, right? Processes and solutions, all of that. And the fact that I learned all of this myself, I had no mentor, means that I am able to train uh, people better in a very deaf-friendly language. So this was an advantage. The reason I was picked as a threat modeling service owner when I joined Dell, because obviously there are folks uh, who come from MIT, who have uh, uh, master's degrees in cybersecurity, who come from uh, IITs. All my peers uh, have masters. I'm the only one who does not have. No, that, that does not mean I'm, I'm a diversity candidate, right? It does not mean that. It means that I've spent considerable amount of time in service industry trying to understand the practical aspects of things, right? So 
my ability to train people in development friendly language was what gave me the edge over everybody else over academic uh, considerations and this practicality translated into me being this um, service owner right so uh, the ability to not just understand but translate it to the community for a better purpose i think what gives you an edge as a leader as a, an industry person in security or any area right it could be python or it could be anything in software or even hardware like shruti uh, comes from right so that's what leads you there so the, the learner aspect uh, was really helpful to me uh, uh, like creating lesson plans uh, what day fits into what kind of activity it's a friday i have the entire afternoon off i can get my hands dirty and do something crazy no it's just a monday it's going to be busy so i'll just read like for 30 minutes the security news that's all um, so you know plan according to how your days go etc so that gave me that perspective and uh, when i joined the security team Uh, when i picked up anything and everything including firewalls and gateways it gave me the breadth of experience right i could say that i'm not just an appsec person but i also am a network security person i understand infrastructure i understand the network components offers a solution etc so that is the reason i am not just involved in threat modeling but also in supply chain in zero trust architecture as well as uh, privacy by design and all such aspects so it gave me that breadth but obviously my favorite bit right the security architecture thing gave me the depth you need to identify which area you resonate with every morning you wake up even if it has been more than 10 years and you say i love this uh, uh, thing that i'm doing there's so much more to do here i have this innovative idea i have that innovative idea so anything that gives you that kind of enthusiasm to wake up every day and th- constantly have those ideas in your head sometimes i'm just randomly sleeping on my bed and thinking about what else can i do with threat modeling right it's not that i'm forcefully thinking but it just comes to me. right so, so you identify some area like that and spend all of your time with it and then that gives you the depth right it's good to have breadth but you also need to be a sme uh, sme in one particular area so i think uh, the time that i spent um, trying to lead Uh, the multi-factor authentication for code banking system and my experience um, as a security architect uh, for that particular team gave me the depth uh with which i went on to i changed my company it also gave me the confidence to change my company till then i was in one company as like i don't think any other organization is going to do security like the way this organization does i had that mind block but after i spent uh, time uh, with the core banking team i was confident enough to go look out for jobs and uh, i did find another security job where i could own the uh, complete security strategy for an e-commerce platform and that was big then right so and after which i joined dell the legacy emc um and uh, after that i have not looked back so it's been more than 6 years here uh, yeah so that's that's what my journey's been like so that's what uh, led me to be the threat modeling service owner i joined dell emc to do sdlc like uh the sdl explorer area that i was talking about everything from threat modeling for a uh, solution uh, look at their code uh, look at uh, their pen test results all of that uh, but obviously my focus area was threat modeling and uh, like i said i was training folks in 
threat modeling, all of that. And that led me to uh, be the threat modeling service owner. So that's how, uh, you know, it's a long journey. I ended up here. Yeah, so that's 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 about my journey. So I think I'm over time. So if you have questions, please let me know. Thank you for listening to the Women Who Code podcast. To find out more about our mission and the work we do across the tech industry, visit our website, womenwhocode.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Women Who Code. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel with hundreds of hours of free educational videos. Just go to youtube.com backslash women who code. Thanks again for listening. And remember to subscribe, rate, and comment.